everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, the world is opening. People are going back to restaurants and bars and to church. Yeah. And so uh, just as the, the, the restaurants and bars aren't as full as they used to be, uh, what's going to happen with church? That's our question. Yeah. What's yeah. Our, we have some predictions. We, we're, we're, we're sitting in the role of prophets today. Well, and the, you know, we predicting. we do have some some things to go by because there have been some churches that have been that have been defying the uh, the orders and and staying mm. open anyway, and it's gone yeah. just real real good for them. So I don't see <laughs> I don't see any I don't foresee any problems coming our way. Seems no, impossible. of course not. Yeah, so we'll be talking about that on the second half of the show. Uh, coming up first, though, Dan. Yeah. Um, I have a non-COVID story, Dan. A miracle. I'm with it. A miracle. Uh, people, people, yeah. y- you don't know how hard it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it's getting a little bit easier to find these stories now. Yeah. Um, but down in uh, a town called Wiley, Texas, I'm going to say, is how you would say that. Wiley. Sure, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of in the DFW sort of metroplex, uh, whatever. Yes. Somewhere in that, somewhere in that area. Somewhere, That's my sense of it. I didn't really I look feel too like closely. Most of tech, most of Texas is in the uh, the Dallas Fort Worth <laughs> metroplex. <laughs> it's just sprawl as far as you can get. Just, yeah, it is amazing. Like it is honestly, truly amazing. Um, anywho. Um, their mayor, uh, who's described in this article that I found as a, a magician, a minister Oof. and a mayor. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> he, it's a triple M. <laughs> He's got all of them. That's, that's the dream you guys. Yeah. I, oh I don't God. know. I don't know what, what you guys wanted to be, uh, as kids, but I'm pretty sure we all wanted to be magician minister mayor it just seemed impossible and this man has done it so kudos to him well the uh, one of his city council uh members um a man by the name of jeff forrester um and the mayor's name is eric hogue should anybody be wondering uh he he emails him and he says mayor Over the past five weeks, members of Youth with a Mission have been walking through Wiley and praying over our city and citizens. I believe this is a great testament to the youth in our city and their devotion to God. With your permission, I would like to ask a couple of the young men to come to our next meeting and lead us in prayer before. Um, Mm. Let me know your thoughts and I will arrange to have them come. Jeff. Okay youth there with you a go. mission all right yeah just walking around praying what, what what good what what a good thing for young people to be doing what what productive work yeah and so the mayor responds he says hey jeff sounds good i would like that all i ask is that those leading the public prayer be young men here's why i make that request as a preacher for the cottonwood church of christ we take the the two verses below literally and he 
puts them in here. First uh, Corinthians 14, 34 to 35. Uh-oh. Let your women be silent yeah. or keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And then... yeah. That's that's one of those ones where like when Christians start to like I I always like when I hear about a church that follows that even though I think it's <laughs> horrific and stupid right because at least you know at least that's one more that they're not being hypocrites about right so yeah. so there you go mayor so there's You're that one. points with me yeah then uh, <laughs> then 1 Timothy 2 11 12 let the women learn in silence with all subject uh, subjection uh, yeah. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And so yeah. there says, so I have always requested that a man lead the invocation. <laughs> I understand not everyone may agree with me, but I can't go against my conscience, he says. <laughs> uh, but I would love to have the group come and visit with them and then let a couple of guys lead a yeah. prayer. Yeah, just just don't let any of those lady youth come in and pray <laughs> ruin everybody's day well first of all here's the deal does he understand the word literally we, because he starts off and says that we take these two verses below literally and the, the yeah. verses are talking about church yeah and well women teaching it, it, everything that's literal about these says absolutely nothing about a prayer at a city council yeah. meeting he, right. I, I think I think he's he's also looking at the spirit of the law, which yeah. is just women shut up no matter what. <laughs> you know, there's this, there's the well, letter of the law, yeah. but if you're really gonna hold to the word of God, shut the hell up, ladies. Then don't talk about literalness. Right. 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 Um, but anyway, so this is all leaked out. Um and <laughs> oh, I want to know who leaked it. Oh, I know. I, 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 what? I knew. Oh, okay. Who leaked it? Oh no, no, I oh, know. You, oh, it I thought you were saying you knew. I, it's got to be somebody's wife, right? I, I one or I the would, other of them. I would assume. Could, my guess is was... uh, Jeff Forrester, the city council member. I my guess right. is he uh, he thought that was kind of weird. Right. And he yeah. probably laughed and chuckled about it. And you're probably right. But I mean, this is like, well, here's the deal. WileyTexas.gov. It would have been easy. If this is public record. They were using, <laughs> both of them were using their official uh, government email. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if somebody wanted a, to just request... <laughs> them i suppose yeah. they could probably get their hands on them but at somehow this point, it was leaked if, out. if you're not doing if you've got a a pastor or a priest or a, you know a minister of some sort in an in an official position in your local government <laughs> somebody needs to be doing you know fafsa requests of their of all of their documents <laughs> at all times for all reasons because you're gonna get you're gonna stumble on shit like this all the damn time yeah, again, I don't know how it came out, but um, it's really, really remarkable. I mean, first of all, you know, we both clearly object to the idea of there being a, a prayer at the beginning of the meeting. And this dude. At all. Yeah. Right. 
this this absolute douchebag um, of a mayor. Um, who also, I guess, because of COVID, uh, their May their May election was postponed to November uh, uh-huh. because of the pandemic. So the guy's getting a, like some extra time in office, and I guess oh. people are kind of pissed about that too. So I love it. Here, here's the <laughs> other thing that I love. I love the idea that like, because we talk all the time about how in this country it is unconstitutional if you're going at very least if you're going to allow anyone to give a prayer you kind of have to allow everyone to be able to give that prayer and that's been the basis of many many uh uh lawsuits and whatever but does it say anything about the gender of the person because i don't know i think there may be something beautiful in we'll allow anyone to pray but you have to go by the letter of your own law. You have to, if, if we can find something in your, we get to police your religion and it's, and, and you have to obey your religion exactly. There'd be something great about that. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take us to, I'm going to, I wanted to visit some old friends. You know, I, we've done a lot of COVID <laughs> stuff for a while and I wanted to visit some old friends. So I thought we'd visit the Green family uh owners of hobby lobby who uh our our frequent listeners will remember were the were the founders of the bible museum oh the beautiful bible museum washington dc oh my Um, favorite of all the dc museums it's just gorgeous beautiful i i don't believe you but i but i do (laughs) want to go to how dare you I actually want to, I mean, they've got a lot of amazing antiquities. They went on a spending spree. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, the spree was so wildly fast and furious and or uh, haphazard and uh, clumsy that they ended up getting themselves into some trouble. We, you know, we talked about how they, you know, they had a whole bunch of Dead Sea Scrolls that ended up being forgeries and yeah. uh you know a bunch of their a bunch of their uh stuff was bought on the black market that probably funded ISIS because it was stolen <laughs> uh and then and you know they there there was uh, at least a couple uh, just last month we learned i we, we didn't even talk about this we're not talking about all of the things that happened but yeah last month apparently there were some some biblical fragments uh, of ancient papyrus that apparently were stolen from Oxford University. Oh, God. Uh, and now we can add yet another item to the list, which is that they have a a tablet uh, back that's in, like, ancient... It's, I think it's cuneiform. It's a, it, it's from the, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they bought it at auction for $1.6 million. This little... It looks like a little terracotta chunk uh, with huh. a whole bunch of writing on it. So you know, one point six million—that's no small shakes. What? Turns out what? that was stolen as well. Oh, God. So they uh, so now there's a, a complaint with the uh, from the U.S. Justice Department because apparently the rightful owner is the nation of Iraq. but what oh it's written in acadian it's not written in cuneiform it's written in acadian so interesting uh what do they want with the epic of gilgamesh 
Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. the Ec- Epic of Gilgamesh predates the Bible by a long shot. Yeah, and sort of undermines uh, the story of the flood and as yeah. being a, a, a biblical story, right? Like, yeah, it predates. Sorry, yeah, it's got this, it's got a, a, this was just a very parallel. Were, yeah, <laughs> it's got a parallel flood story. It's got yeah. a Garden of Eden story. Uh, yeah, and it's largely believed by historians that these stories were just sort of adapted and changed. From you know the 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 Akkadians who origin you know who re- or whoever originally had it to uh, to fit the the you know the 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 Jews of of ancient uh, uh, of the ancient Middle East. Well, you know, coming up with with like a whole mythology, like all these like foundational stories, it's hard. Well, and why make you know, it up from whole cloth when you can when you can borrow perfectly good you know origin stories. Yeah, you know? and you know it's not like any they didn't have the internet that back then. Nobody's gonna fact check you. <laughs> Nobody's gonna be like you stole that from somebody else. Boo. Excuse me, Lame. but I, I just learned about the Epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. So there you go. Uh, just as the story of Noah was stolen from Gilgamesh, so was the uh, Gilgamesh <laughs> stone stolen. And now the oh, the Green family has to give up, probably will have to give up yet another precious artifact. Oh my God. I hope they learned their lesson. I, right. I, I'm just surprised considering uh, how into hobbies they are that they haven't hodgepodged all of their things. <laughs> just do a, or, 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 you know, just a like decoupage. Of. Yeah, or, or do a fun like wallpaper border around them or something. Oh. Just, just like some good scrapbooking. Yeah, why not? That's good. what it should be. Yeah, don't just You're display p- it in a pinking display case. shears and you know cut out <laughs> right. Some, yeah, give 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 all the 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 those scrolls a nice little a little uh, clamshell sort of cut oh. around. Oh it yeah, just looks so much better. And then mount it on some like different colored. Uh, construction paper that's sort of a little bit larger you, and then a little bit larger. Do you know how much better and... an ancient marble carving is if it's got a little toll painting on it? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's pretty. It is pretty. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Dan. Yeah. Um, I, so uh, this, this is a story that has to do with Roe versus Wade. Right? Uh-oh. The, uh, that, for our international listeners, you, even you guys already still yeah, know what this, Roe v. Wade is. But of is. course, this is a landmark Supreme Court case that, uh, that uh, established a woman's right to an abortion in the United States. Yeah. And ever since then, there have been number, <laughs> numerous states that have been trying to uh, get that, to, to undermine that it right. in every way, shape, or form and yeah, whatnot. absolutely. Um, well, the the row of Roe versus Wade, and I did not know this, um, was uh, that was uh, that was like John Doe, right? It was just kind of this yeah. generic court given name to right. um, a, a real person by the name of Norma McCorvey, but she's mm. known in all the in the, the in in the court case as Jane Roe, right? Um, and she was the plaintiff, right? who um she was 22 years 22 years old got pregnant um and she 
Uh, let's see. She apparently had had a, a difficult childhood, um, suffering, you know, sexual abuse from a family member. Um, she was married at 16, but you know, had left her husband. Um, she had addiction issues. Um, she already had two children by the age of 22 and had placed them up wow. for adoption. Um, and she was essentially just desperate for, um, a, an abortion, a safe and legal abortion, right? Yeah, she didn't need any more children to feed uh, yeah. or take care of. Her life was hard enough. Right. Uh, however, Texas, uh, which is where she lived, uh, she could not get that abortion. So anyway, right. so she challenged the state laws and her case went to the Supreme Court and eventually um, causing abortion to be legalized across the United States. Um, and she, uh, at some point, and I'm not entirely sh clear on this, she came out from behind the, the, the pseudonym, right? Right. And identified herself to the public. And then in the 90s, she did an about face on the topic of abortion, right? Um, yeah. She said that she had found religion, um she ended the romantic uh or, or she ended her relationship with her girlfriend um oh. and uh and became a vocal anti-abortion crusader um and there's a documentary that's actually coming out um uh, maybe already have come out by the time uh, the show posts um it's going to be on i guess fx um but in in the film, she is on camera, essentially delivering a, a, a confession that she was paid to change her stance and to become an outspoken anti-abortion uh, <laughs> uh, activist and, oh, and, and of course voice, she was. right? Um, and it turns <laughs> oh out that, that these evangelical. Uh, leaders, they, they cobbled together um, at the, the, the number that's that's mentioned here is at least $456,000 in benevolent gifts, right, um, oh. from the anti-abortion movement in exchange for her conversion, right? Oh, and how funny. So in the documentary, she says, I was the big fish. I think it was a mutual thing. I took their money. And they put me out in front of the camera and tell, and they told me what to say. Uh, it was all an act. I did it well. Uh, I'm a good actress. Of course, I'm not acting now, she says. Um, <laughs> and now evangelical leaders are, I guess a couple were actually interviewed for the documentary. Um, and uh, there, there's one person, one evangelical leader who sort of, uh, he's, he's sort of willing to say, yeah, we... He says, uh, what does it profit in the end if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Right. That, uh, oh, yeah. quotes Jesus. Uh, yeah. and he says, when you do what we did to Norma, you lose your soul. Uh, um, yeah. and, uh, Wait, this is, one of this them is... actually had ethics, even enough ethics to admit <laughs> to wrongdoing. Well, that's he's amazing. In, I don't know if he was involved in it. And so he is a member of like the evangelical community. He's like, yeah, this was fucked up. Right. But then you have other wow. ones that are apparently being very defensive. And it's going to be really, I'm going to have to seek this out because I, I want to see this. Um, Here's the thing that drives me crazy about this. What's that? Is that every time you have someone, you know, some woman accuses 
some right wing nut job like Brett Kavanaugh of of uh, having actually abused them or or whatever. The the right comes out and they yell about ah this person was paid by George Soros to do this or this person was paid by whatever. Right. It turns out yeah you guys are the ones that do that. We're that's, not the side that does that. That's you guys. That's why they suspect it, right? Like, right. Of exactly. course, it's in their playbooks. They're like, well, that must be what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We would do that. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> of course you would do that. But it's it's just, it's, um, even though you, like, you know the, the, the level of hypocrisy on the right, um, on the religious right, right. Um, this is shocking to me like this uh, this is th this is some dirty shit yeah it's really ugly like, uh however i do want to put one message out into the world and that is that uh i am equally for sale uh, <laughs> i will cost a lot more than four hundred thousand dollars but if you want prominent atheist podcaster conversion story let's talk <laughs> Let's talk figures. Let's What's talk money. What's the sum, Dan? What is it? Oh no, no, no! I'm not going to put that out onto the onto the airwaves. <laughs> we're uh, that's that's a negotiation in in process. We're gonna we're oh, gonna have okay. to work on that. But but I'm open to it. What I'm saying is I'm putting it out there. I'm open to it. <laughs> You'll shock the world. Yeah. I'll, and, I'll and go we on don't, book and tour. We, don't, we won't. What will we do with this audio, though, Dan? Oh no, we'll we'll expunge this. This will be gone. <laughs> Be, you shouldn't have said it, Dan. <laughs> Should have said there. it. Now the deal's all ruined. Oh no, they'll they'll still they don't care. <laughs> this is a post reality world. They don't they don't care about that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to talk about uh, a TV station. Oh. Um, now there's a uh, there's a, a company called God TV which oh. uh, is an international evangelical uh, enterprise uh, that has that just this year, just earlier this year, a couple months ago, made a, a huge breakthrough deal. They got a, a channel on one of the major uh, uh, cable companies in Israel. Oh. Now, this is a Christian TV station. Now... You know, in in terms of like getting the uh, getting the uh, authorization to do this, here's the thing about Israel. Israel is their government is technically secular. Uh, they allow for freedom of religion in Israel, uh, but Jews do not like to be to have people try to convert them. Uh, that is that there's a history in this world of that going. A bit askew. I don't know if mm. you've heard about it. Hmm. It's not always great. Hmm. Uh, and so I think part of how they got, you know, how God TV got its, uh, its, its, oh, it got the okay to go ahead and start broadcasting was that they were saying, we are broadcasting to Christians here in Israel. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, the, you know, but here's the thing. Most of the Christians in Israel speak Arabic. They don't speak Hebrew. But this was oh. a Hebrew language uh, station. Oh, so, yeah, okay. So what's going on there? Well, 
one of the Ward Simpson, who's the CEO of God TV, had uh, released a video of himself saying that this was a big miracle that they got this uh, that they got this channel in uh, in Israel because, quote, God has supernaturally opened the door for us to take the gospel of Jesus into the homes and lives and hearts of his Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? That's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's not what you said you were doing in your yeah. filings, and now you're in trouble. Uh, uh, that video has since been taken down, but now they are under investigation just a couple months into their having, you know, they're, they're actually starting this thing. Uh, because, yeah, you're, the, he, has, he said, quote, they'll watch secretly, they'll watch quietly. God is restoring his people. God is removing the blindness from their eyes. So, not remotely offensive. Uh, <laughs> it's always it's always just fine. Uh, no, the people are got a little. It's a little touchy. It's a little bit of a touchy subject, and uh, now they are under investigation and in trouble. They have promised that they will abide by any regulations mm. and that they're going to be good and nice from now on. And they said that they're not trying, uh, they, they, they're trying, so here's the, the really funny thing. They, uh, they were talking about how they're uh, trying to target Jews and convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. But they were like, hey, you can still be a Jew and think that Jesus is the Messiah, which, no, you can't. There's a word for that. It's Christian. That's, <laughs> this whole, I love this concept of the Messianic Jews. Uh, which also call themselves Jews for Jesus, because um, yeah, you're no, you're just Christians who like stars of David. That's that's all you are. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why you don't realize that. So anyway, uh, they they are in a, they are in trouble. We'll see if they get to keep making their dumb TV. That of course no Jews are going to be watching. Why would anybody who's not Christian watch Christian drivel TV? It's the worst TV available. Why would you even bother? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We should start our own channel. <laughs> should grab that channel, though. That's the that part of the spectrum, Dan. Yeah, man. We'll get in there and and uh, we'll we'll preach the good word of whatever we preach <laughs> to the Israelites. <laughs> All right, Dan. The LDS Church. Man. I know them. I know. Um, this uh, the stock market drop, Dan. Yeah, hit them hit them hard. They've lost they've lost a lot of money. They're they're well, they're, they're, it, poor. It they're downright poor, hard. Dan. They lost. <laughs> they're yeah, they're poor. <laughs> they lost. Uh, what was it? About twenty one percent of the value of their stock holdings um, in the first quarter of twenty twenty. Um, this is, uh, the peak Enzyme peak advisors, which is their investment arm. Uh, yeah, let us remind our, our listeners that, uh, the whistleblowers that came out, those two brothers that came out to talk about Enzyme peak advisors said that they were, they had holdings in excess of a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. So I mean, the, the church, I, I guess they must be being slightly more, I guess they had to do some filings or whatnot. Right. Um, and so there's definitely not 
a hundred billion in what they're reporting. Um, oh, but okay. losing uh, 21% still did mean that they lost $8.1 billion. Uh, <laughs> so what they're reporting shows uh, a value of $29.7 billion is where it's at currently. That's um, probably just their stock holdings in one stock market. I'm guessing that they've got holding. I'm guessing that $100 billion isn't out of thin air and that they've got sure. other yeah. there, there's holdings. I'm sure there's other things. But uh, here's a nice little breakdown of what they've got and what it was worth and what it's not or what it's uh worth now um i thought some of these names people might be interested in knowing we, we i remember when we first talked about this we talked about them being the largest stockholder single stockholder holder of apple right Period. oh right um well their next largest stockholding is microsoft followed by google followed by amazon um okay. and then they've got some uh, uh jp morgan chase and company uh united health group they own uh 471 million uh dollars in stock um there um sure. merck everybody merck uh walt wow. disney 384 <laughs> uh million dollars in holdings um, wow. I guess this is actually this was the pre-drop amount. Um, they, they, yeah, Disney's only down. That's two hundred fifty million dollars now. That's too bad. Oh. Um, O'Reilly, hey everybody, O'Reilly Automotive. You've seen oh, their the ads. Auto part, the auto parts right? store, sure. Yeah, they now they now only have two hundred six million dollars of O'Reilly. Holy um, crap! <laughs> I know O'Reilly's <laughs> worth two hundred six million dollars. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised yeah. to learn that they are worth even that much, but okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, they, they're probably, yeah, it's probably a little bit more than just the shops, but even then, who knows? Yeah. Uh, they've got some Bank of America, Union Pacific, the railroad company, right? Um, Adobe. I mean, they're just, Dan, it's how unreal. Much, wait, so how much, what percent did, did you say that they lost in quarter one? 21%. The whole I'm of the... Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average declined 23% over the same period. So they're beating the market. They're still beating the they're market. They're beating the market. Of course they are. Um, they're, they're clever. They, uh, they, apparently they just dumped uh, a ton of, uh, I think it was ExxonMobil. Uh, and now they're, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. they're getting into Zoom, Video Communications Inc. Right. Uh, yeah. They're getting into Grubhub. Uh, and okay. you know what, guys? Like, if the LDS Church is doing it, it's probably not a bad idea. Right? Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Apparently, they're, uh, they acquired 16,000 shares in a company called 10X Genomics, which uh, manufactures tests being used uh, to determine who has or has had COVID-19. Right. They know where the money's going to be. Yeah. Um, they sold a bunch of their uh, Marriott hotel stock. Oh yeah, um, which is funny because uh, that you know that's their own boy. That the Marriotts are are Mormons. Yeah, but they did. Um, they while they took it out of uh, Marriott International, which is the hotel arm. Yeah, they did uh, invest more. Uh, they increased their stake by thirteen percent in Marriott Vacations worldwide because they oh, they think that maybe like the hotel sector is going to be down, but maybe this like I think that's probably like a timeshare thing, 
um, yeah. that could possibly go up because people are going to be taking different kinds of vacations. Well, and ownership is a long-term thing, whereas uh, just staying at a hotel is a short-term yeah. thing. I'm guessing they'll get back into a lot of those industries once oh, the, sure, sure, the, sure. The, but, it's blown over. But this made me think about something, Dan. This whole this okay. whole like LDS church losing a lot of stock value, right? Sure. Uh, losing some riches. Um, you know, it seems like a good... Th- like. Maybe they can like spin it that they're good shepherds of the Lord's assets, right? Sure. When the market's going up and they're making, you know, upwards of a hundred billion dollars. Right. Um but what about when the when the market's down and they're they're literally losing God's money? Well, right? I th- yeah, sure, except that I think knowing Mormons the way I do, the fact that they're doing better than the Dow uh, says to me that the Mormons will be like, see, everybody lost money, but we <laughs> lost less because the <laughs> Lord blessed us, I, I just and think that's I, great. I just, as if I were a believer, I think it would just highlight for me, right, the reason why it's a bad idea to to gamble like we were talking about um in the in the diary i think actually um that the stock market's gambling they're literally gambling with with the lord's money and it's just widely accepted as like what people rich people do and wealthy organizations do yeah and obviously you if you have enough and you have the resources and the right people you know running the whole thing you'll beat the market but they're still down yeah eight point one billion dollars yeah probably more than that although ch- chances are they've got some some side gig somewhere where they're making money off of this little, whole thing <laughs> there's the guarantee their profiteering fund. yeah yeah they've they've got stock in the in the lab in wuhan that created the virus or something i'm sure anyway uh there's, yeah there's some there's somebody with their pinky to their mouth going one hundred billion dollars, or we release the next virus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to close on uh, my only coronavirus story of the day, mm-hmm. which is one Kenneth P. Hammenstein. That's fake. AKA Kem ha- Ken Ham. No. The uh, the uh, the. The creationist, the, the the big daddy of Answers in Genesis, that beautiful, beautiful organization uh, that promises so many answers and delivers on exactly zero of them, and also owner of the uh, the Ark Encounter in in uh, in Kentucky, that huge, enormous boat that could never possibly have happened. Uh, <laughs> And wouldn't and would not float if you. I, I mean, it might float. It would. Uh, yeah, that thing would break apart in minutes if you actually tried to put it on the water. Anywho, uh, they've got a problem. They've got a giant boat sitting in the middle of a landlocked state, and a coronavirus outbreak happening, and they have to decide when they're going to reopen. Now, I've been inside of this beast. <laughs> uh, I have. I have looked up at its giant pillars. I have, I've, it's an impressive structure. Mm-hmm. It is an impressive structure. Uh, it is just a big, open, festering, uh, it, 
look, if the thing gets crowded, everybody is going to die of coronavirus. That's just a fact. So <laughs> you would think that they would want to be very, very careful about, uh, about allowing people in. Well, uh, they've just, they've picked a date. They're, they're going to reopen on June 8th. That's coming up. So it's late May now. Uh, and they, and there are a lot of questions because in this country, uh, a lot of ding-dongs don't want to wear masks. Uh, <sighs> it's just far too onerous a problem for people who don't believe that the virus is real anyway. So the question came, uh, and most of those ding-dongs, I should point out, or a significant portion of those ding-dongs are the same types of people who would go to the Ark encounter. Yeah, Let's yeah, just put it that yeah. way. So the question is, do they require masks? Well, uh, Ken Ham released a video to, uh, to, to talk about it, uh, and he was very clear that uh, the state wants us to tell you that it's highly recommended that you wear masks, but it's not required. And uh, and also, he hopes very much that will that the mask wearers and not mask wearers will be very respectful of each other. Oh God! Oh man! Uh, it's you know, and, and that's it, getting harder and harder. Right. I don't know if this. I don't know if this is coinciding uh, exactly. I don't know if this is just a coincidence. Mm. But uh, also, Ken Ham has released his. The they've released pricing for lifetime memberships to the uh, to the Ark Encounter, which seems like a better and better deal when you consider that he's going to be killing off a whole bunch of the people that come to his parks. <laughs> Sign up for the lifetime thing. It's a really good deal. If you die tomorrow, we get our money. <laughs> no kidding. Well, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I would definitely not go to that. I mean, most of our listeners will choose not to go to that anyway. But uh, yeah, wait until the pandemics really died down. But wait until we got her herd immunity before you go anywhere near that. I think Darwin is trying to get his revenge. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> anyway, if you uh, if you guys have anything you'd like to say about this or any of our stories, please write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. Click like. And while you're there... Search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. And stick around. There's more show coming. Hey, Dan. Hey. We've had kind of a theme lately with our audio clips that we've been playing. Um, <laughs> have we? Yeah, we have. Um, and this one fits right into it. Uh, we've also played, you know, one of his before, too, in this whole thing. Uh, and that's uh, uh, Prophet Mark Taylor um, was wrong. Yes. He had a, he had a, his prediction, his profiting was wrong. How? How is that possible? It's not the possible. The Lord told him certain things. Yeah. But somehow he's he's living his his own 
his own life and his and while his life is proof that prophets don't exist um he somehow doesn't see it which i think is amazing he, has, uh, he rationalizes it all away he's really good at it and this is uh the, the, this is an amazing thing he's talking about uh, a a prophecy that uh -huh. he made before the midterm elections here in these united states a couple years ago and uh he's talking about how that went for him i prophesied there was going to be a red tsunami in the midterms and i got hammered because we lost the house we didn't lose the house francine most of those people in the house are not supposed to be there they were after the senate q even confirmed the senate we picked up six red governorships which are huge why was that huge we're seeing it now because people are um, when i said that like all oh, that six governorships big deal no it is a big deal now now you're seeing how big of a deal having a red governor is right now especially right now in these tyrannical uh, with what's going on these tyrannical governors but you know uh we did not lose the house i believe they allowed it to happen so again to let people see and experience who these democrats were how bad they really were so that people could experience for themselves so that they will never be able to get back into office again most of the people in there right now are not supposed to be there because their districts they stole the election Right. We know that. We, we, and even now, Trump even confirmed this. I think it was about a week ago. He was in a press conference. They were talking about electoral voter fraud. And he said, you're going to find out. I was like, yes, thank you. Finally. You know, release the numbers here, man. Amen. Who, who's hey. supposed to be in office and who's not? Exactly. exactly. Get them out. Get them out. <laughs> Get, you know? out. Get them out, Frank. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> I've got news for these people, but oh, it, the, it's just, they're so smart. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> it's the genius of them where not only, I love that he has two stories that he's telling himself about this. Uh, a, uh, we didn't lose the house. They stole it. They cheated in the election. So that's but God and God clearly didn't see that coming. God, oh, right. how is he supposed to? How is he supposed to predict that? The such good cheaters. They even fooled God. They fooled God with their cheating. So that's one. <laughs> that's one story. Solid, pretty much solid. You can't argue with that. The second story is uh, that then that no, they allowed it to happen so that everybody would see how shitty these uh, these these Democrats really are, which. Doesn't one of those stories have to undercut the other one of those stories? <laughs> ah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know. I'm not seeing the full picture. Only the <laughs> only God will show you the full picture. Uh, so there you go. Thanks, uh, firefighter prophet. I'm so glad he's around. He's helping all of us. Hey, we had some folks write into us. Uh, this is from Tim, who wanted to talk about uh, something that's very near and dear to our hearts i think uh you remember frank that we talked about the mormon church their current uh prophet has been making some sweeping changes about the church and one of the things that, that they did was decide that they weren't going to do their giant ridiculous spectacle pageants anymore Ugh, yeah do you remember that how they were going to do. stop doing all it's all like one this... of the things that makes me a little sad <laughs> Because it's so stupid. It's amazing. Uh, all of these, you know, middle-aged white dudes dressed in racist Lamanite uh, in Native American costumes, whatever. It's it's amazing. Anywho, 
so this year was to be the last year of the Hill Kimura pageant in upstate New York. Well, Tim has some news for us. Hey, Brink and Dan, longtime fan and supporter from Western New York here. Just wanted to alert you to a miraculous event that was recently announced. In spite of the LDS Church trying to stamp out excess pageants, our local Hill Kimura pageant will occur in 2021 after all. Despite the previous announcement that it was done in 2020, the pandemic uh, that was apparently not anticipated by the prophets, seers, and revelators. Hey, shut up. They're doing their best. <laughs> Uh, has stayed the execution for a year. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, he says, a high school buddy of mine had a family store just north of the hill, and the event back in the 80s and 90s was always a nice bonus for them, with renting parking lot space for Mormons selling ridiculous trinkets. Uh, they also saw a small bump in beer sales for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. That's really funny. Uh, it was a bigger deal back then, including a big spike when Donny Osmond was in the cast. Oh, I didn't know Donny did the Hill Kimura pageant. That's so sad for everybody. <laughs> it's like if you want to know where you are on the mm. list of celebrities, I don't know. Have you done a pageant recently? Then you're not high. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I think we locals in the Palmyra area... We'll barely notice it ending since it's been in a long, slow decline. Aww. I'd like to think this is symbolic of the overall decline of organized religion. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I like to think that too. That would be nice. And it probably is. So there you go. Pageantry. Uh, man, they have like fire effects. They got they got pyro going on. They got they got the oh, works yeah, up there. Ugh. Have you seen it? Oh. I've I've only seen the Manti pageant, which oh, is the one okay. here in Utah. Yeah, yeah. But I want to go to it. I'm I might make an effort. I might try to get myself to it next year. 2021? Yeah, we should just set that as a as a goal. Yeah. Just do it. We might have to go see it. And yeah. anyone in or around that area is welcome to join and we'll all get <laughs> we'll boost somebody's beer sales before we go. <laughs> Ashley writes into us, Hey, Arkansas native here. Listening to your latest episode and wanted to let you guys know that it is actually true that the town of Eureka Springs is known as being a gay-friendly place. Ah. It is touted as the most liberal town in the state, except perhaps the Fayetteville area. Of course, with it being Arkansas, take that as you may, the culture here is so <laughs> saturated with religion that even our liberals and LGBTQ plus people are most often Christians of the cafeteria variety. <laughs> uh, it is also known as a touristy town, so it makes sense that they have attractions there, including the quote play you mm -hmm. guys watched. Yeah, yeah. It that is a that is a weird place, man. I, I love it. We heard from multiple people in the area that uh, that it is quite gay friendly. Ah. What a weird. I I mean Jesus, that ugly, bad, giant statue of jesus looking down from the mountain at the town it's just it is it is a it, it's a paradox it's a delightful little arkansasian arc arkan what what do arkansan. you think that, arkansan paradox there you go <laughs> oh well do we have anybody to thank we do dan we have okay. we have um three new uh teachers Oh. Um, 
Let's see. These are these are donors. These are they're, these are people who are supporting the show. They went to Patreon. Yeah. Um, through our website, thankgodimatheist.com. Clicked on the, the support tab and went to you Patreon. You don't have to, but that's, a, that's the this, easiest way. This is a great way of getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes you right to our page that way. Um, and so we have three new teachers. We have Charlotte, Michelle, and Joshua, who um, is one penny shy of... Uh, supporting at the priest level and he sent a message uh, <laughs> saying that he just uh, didn't want the responsibilities um, come on so, you know what fuck you you're a priest we're making you a priest anyway you can't play us like that this, this isn't a game Joshua <laughs> and then uh, we have uh, a new priest or I guess priestess uh, ah. Stephanie Stephanie, um, you guys are so great. Uh, it's really awesome. Um, and then, um, as always, we have our Lord and Savior uh, to thank. Um, and uh, he actually also messaged uh, us on Patreon uh, saying that he was the the Davis. You read an email like oh, a yeah. week or two ago. And he said, I am, I am the Davis. Um, the very Davis. <laughs> and so, of course, uh, we have him to thank as well. Um and I, yeah, I kind of screwed up my little lead into that. Our Lord That's and Savior, okay. Just... Davis! <laughs> Thank you <laughs> to all of our patrons. Uh, you really are, it's amazing that anybody's giving right now. Uh, yeah because everybody's struggling but thank you so much it's keeping us going and that uh, and we hope that we're keeping you guys going. So uh, so thanks to everybody. And let's move along. So Dan, yeah, uh, I don't know. Have you been out in the world lately? Have you driven yeah. your car and seen the more traffic that's out there and whatnot? Yeah, I, 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 I've been out. I went, I went. You know, I masked up and went to the Costco yesterday. Oh, did you? Uh huh. Yeah, that's a little. That's dangerous. <laughs> no, that, that's one of the better places to go. Know, At least actually... everybody has to be masked there. I still haven't been to Costco. Um, uh -oh. I, I've, I've limited my trips to, uh, the grocery store and essentially the liquor store. Um, no, Costco is the place uh, of all the places that I've been to. That's the place where I feel the most safe. Huh? That's interesting. Everybody's, yeah, every, I, I mean, I guess they we are... went to, we went to, uh, a major national, uh, hardware store type place, uh -huh. home improvement store. Uh, yes. did not feel safe there. No, did not. Not no. at all. It, it's the one that's not Home Depot. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did not feel safe. Anyway. Yeah. It's, um, it, but yeah, you know, so the world... It... Oh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, Go so ahead. the world is uh, opening up, and yeah. uh, that means people also, you know, they want to be getting back to their lives, Dan. Yeah. Um, they don't, they includes... don't just want to, to go to the store. No. There's other places in the world that they want to go as well. well you know, there's there's church. You know? Yeah. Gotta, how 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 will the Lord knows how will the Lord know that uh they still believe in him? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very funny because uh 
They no, but they, here's the here's there's a two two sides to this coin. Nobody actually wants to go back to the church part of church. Church sucks. I think we can agree <laughs> almost universally. You and I used to go to churches with each other, and it got so bad you just you stopped you just refused to go. So yeah, it's awful. Church in general is just awful, but there's all of this. Uh, there, there's there's social socializing. There's there's a bunch of elements to it. You know, there's the fact that it makes you feel pious and good about yourself and all sorts of things like that. So I, you know, it's it, there. There are people want to get back to their church. Well, I uh, it. It seems to me, so a lot of churches are opening up or planning to open up and, uh, and sort of uh, the interesting one to watch is the Mormon church, our LDS church, because they're the ones who theoretically are uh, working the hardest. They've been so prudent. They closed down their entire nation or worldwide. Yeah. All of their churches closed down which was a big bold step. They were unequivocal about it. They were just like and stop. You know, right right at mid March. They just said we're uh, we're just closed now and we'll tell you when we're ready to open. Well, the word has gone out. They're starting to you know, they they they've put together a plan for reopening. Oh. And yeah. it's probably too soon and it's probably but I mean, you know, they're they're doing the whole thing where you know, if it if you if you're allowed to, you can only have under a hundred people in any in any ward house at any time, and they've got all these plans, and they're heavily recommending masks, though they know that a whole bunch of their people will refuse because it's un-American or whatever. Unreal. But it is funny because uh, I mean, while the LDS Church is not hurting for money, despite your story earlier. <laughs> a lot of churches are hurting for money. And I, I what I wanted to do was speculate on what a couple months of not having to go to church might, what effect that might have on the church going populace. Well, I, here's the deal. Like, I wish that maybe we, they'd had like a month or two longer. Right. I mean, it was definitely yeah. enough time to like break up break habits and form new habits like that. I mean, I definitely feel that in my own life. Right. Um, sure. and so like, but was it enough time to really explore what Sunday can be like without, <laughs> without going to church? Right. I mean, they definitely got right. to experience it and you know, a lot of them were doing their own little churchy, you know, home churchy stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope, that the people who were going strictly for, you know, it's, you know, like it's where their social life is, that maybe they found new, what new things to do, you know, during the week, or maybe because their social life was so disrupted anyway, that they maybe don't feel a need for that source anymore. I don't know. I would hope. Yeah, it, it is interesting. The Mormon church is fascinating because they have so many, uh, means in place to uh, it's very self-policing so if you don't show up to Mormon church when you normally would have shown up for Mormon church 
they call you. Somebody's calling you. And it's like, it, it's not like you better come to church. It's like, is everything okay? We noticed you weren't in church today and we're concerned about you. Yeah, but now they have like the perfect answer. Right. Right. These people who are now like even maybe they were on the fence a little and whatever. And now they're kind of kind of getting off that fence a little bit on, on the getting out of church side of things well now they can be like you know we're, we're you know we know that the church is saying that it, it, everything's gonna be safe and it's time to come back we're just gonna play it safe right? well and here's the other thing uh the the word that went out from the church to uh the local leaders was don't encourage people to come if they you know hmm. make sure that they feel safe and comfortable staying home because they're they're nice they are trying to look out for immunocompromised people they're yeah. telling they're telling people to stay home if they're over 65 which you know so, which is sad because a lot of those people like it's their only socialization socialization so yeah, that's kind of sad true. but yeah. it's keeping them safe so i mean they're being prudent on that but to your point that gives a perfect out for anybody. People can just say, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't feel safe yet. And in their minds could be thinking, I'm just not ready to stop exploring what life is like without these two hours of horrible boredom that, I, that you've inflicted on me for the last all of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You know, other churches have opened and, of course, the other thing that's happening across, around this country and probably will continue to happen around the world, we've seen it in Russia, we've seen it in a bunch of other places, is that churches reopen early and and in their rush to sort of show how great they are, they become they they, they become vectors and people like you know, I read about one church in where was it? In Georgia. There was just one little church. Uh, they closed two weeks after reopening after dozens of people contracted the virus and of a few course. people died. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've read about a, you know, there's a, there was a, a pastor in Africa that was doing a bunch of laying on of hands. Oh, no. And then, you know, to, to heal people, to protect people from the virus. And then a couple weeks later, he died of the virus, which means that all of those people oh, are now in a bit of a panic. Yeah. And it does make me wonder if people might actually question some things. Like, fuck, why isn't God protecting us from this? We're doing our job. We're going to church. We're the ones who are actually, you know, doing what we're supposed to be. We're, we're not doing what the man tells us to yeah. do. We're not doing what, what the scientists tell us to do. That's our enemy. We're doing what the Lord tells us to do, and we're dying. I think you double down, don't you? I think some of them do. I, I, I think, think some it's of like them we definitely double like, down. We, I haven't been. F my faith has. It's not strong enough. This is a test of my faith. How can right. I? How can I? How can I back off now? Right. Right. I, I can't have to let wear something even like less this scare masks. me away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to do even more laying on of hands. Right. Yeah. I have to do sneezing I think on the hands a lot. than laying on the hands. I think there will be plenty of people who do that, but I also think that there's a contingency of people who are going to look at all of this and go, I am, I, I need to do some reevaluation. Yeah. I wonder if I have any time for that. Oh, yep, I do. Let me, mm -hmm. let me just check. And yeah, my schedule, my calendar is pretty open. Yeah. Let's just, 
reconsider some things. I think it's the social Mormons. I think if we're going to just talk about the Mormons again, like, like those are the ones that, that a good chunk of them are lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, 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 and in any church, I think it would probably work similarly. Right. Where it's just like, uh, you know, I thought this was more important to me, you know, <laughs> and now there's this distance of, you know, 10 weeks and, and uh and this kind of s- scary thing out in the world yeah i don't know. let's not do this anymore it just I, seems I like don't think prudent I, you know i don't think i need this yeah i don't think this I is think happen. we'll see i, I wish i wish we could have good stats on that i doubt that we will but yeah. it'd be nice if we could if we could just see what happened but so for now we're con- i'm content to just dream <laughs> <laughs> Well, just I'm just gonna in my mind, people are wising up. People are are noticing. Oh shit, my life's actually better without this church. Right. Well, kids, uh, that's it for today's show. But I do want to we Frank we uh, we needed to to, uh, to to stop for a moment uh, because we are we're not saying goodbye, but we are releasing from duty. Uh, someone who has been working tirelessly with us for years. Yeah. Uh, and she, uh, so Mackenzie, who has built our little Facebook page from almost nothing to tens of thousands of, of likes, uh, we're, we are releasing her with a vote of thanks in the Mormon terminology. So if you'll all <laughs> please... Just uh, signify if if you can if you can uh, join us in that thanks, please signify by raising your right hand uh, now. <laughs> we'll just assume that that was like thousands and thousands that was like of people. Perfect, Dan. Chiming in uh, with their thanks. Uh, so thanks so much, Mackenzie, for yeah, all of the hard you. work you did. You're it's amazing. Truly unbelievable. Like, uh, Mackenzie, like, cornered us really early on. was like, you guys suck at Facebook, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> that was essentially what she said. And it was just like, she's like, I, I, I can do this for you guys. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And she's been amazing. But, so And she's, so, so, uh, so much love to you, Mackenzie. Uh, and thanks for being part of our family, which you will always be. She will still probably post some things. We, uh, we're not denying her access yeah. She's still she's still with us, uh, but thank you so much. Uh, if you guys have anything you'd like to write into us uh, about, please feel free to do so. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page that Mackenzie has done so much for. Click the like button. It's it's facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. And while you're on Facebook, you can search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you. And also follow us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. Well, and I don't know how many times I'm going to uh, try to thank Mackenzie before I remember that we're not doing that anymore. But for one, at least one last time, thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the Facebook page. Thanks to Amy and Danny for being moderators in the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and to Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. And a huge thanks to all of you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.